Have you ever wondered why you do what you do? Why you feel the way you feel? Or why you think the way you think? I know I have. When I first met Dana, a human design specialist, I knew I wanted to have her on the podcast because I believe human design is something everyone needs to hear about and can benefit from. I am so excited for you to hear Dana explain what human design is and how it can help you in all aspects of life. You're listening to Rock Your Kindness, a new podcast presented by Love What Matters and dedicated to highlighting incredible stories surrounded by kindness. I'm your host, Tracy Theron, author, speaker, cancer thriver, and online creator. But what I really love to do is inspire others to be kinder to themselves and those they encounter, because you never know how your kindness can change the trajectory of not just your life, but the life of another. What is human design? Human design is basically a system that is a synthesis of several existing systems like ancient wisdoms. And these are the Chinese I Ching, the Hindu chakra system, the Kabbalah and astrology is a huge component of it. And it's also kind of these ancient wisdoms mixed with this new quantum physics kind of thing. And so... What we like to refer to it is as the science of differentiation. It's based on your time, place, date of birth, specifically if you can get down to the right minute, if you have that. And it shows you basically what was happening in the cosmos the moment you were born and also three months before you were born. And this composite together gives you this blueprint, really this energetic blueprint of who you are and how you were designed to be in the world. And when I say blueprint, it's kind of like the operating manual we've all wanted in our lives to tell us like, what the heck am I doing? And how do I do it? And what am I supposed to be doing? And human design literally is a tool that can help you see that. And how long has this been around? Not very long. So like I said, there's all these systems, of course, these ancient systems that have been around for forever. But Human design really was delivered, so to speak, through a man named Ra Uruhu. His real name was Alan Krakauer, but as people do, they sometimes take on new identities. But it was really just 1987 when he was able to, after a eight day long, basically meditation, trance, whatever you want to call it, that these systems, you could see how they all layered together to give us this entirely new thing. So it's kind of cool. They say throughout time, there's been these little keys and these little things drop throughout human existence and evolution. And some person picks this up and some person picks that up and creates something. And now it really just shows how they all layer together. And it's so dang cool. So did you have to get like certified in this, do a course? You don't have to. No, I have certified in a a type of human design called quantum human design, which it's really just the languaging is a little different. But part of the reason I think human design is just now coming to the forefront, there is a lot of self-taught people because the original information and how it was delivered is kind of tightly guarded at the time, which... That's long stories, people who feel it's proprietary and what's not. But Ra himself said that this information belongs to everyone and it's for everyone to learn from. 
And what's interesting is a lot of people at first weren't as keen to it because the language it was delivered in spoke more to the shadow sides of ourselves. And it was meant to wake us up and shock us and say like, here, you know, we can see now these are all the things that you've picked up and the conditioning you had and what's wrong with you. But now with, I think as more women really have gotten involved with the education in human design, it's become a lot more expansive and humans have been doing a lot of inner work for the last, gosh, what was 87? What was that 30, 40 years? I don't even know. I think 1987 is like 10 years ago, but just people are a lot more self-aware now. And so what I'm hopefully part of is bringing this system more mainstream and more helpful and useful in a way for us to improve ourselves, improve our lives. Yeah. And I can testify because you did my chart reading and I knew nothing about human design Mm -hmm. and it was spot on and I loved it. So a few things though, before we keep move Mm on is I like that you said that the guy who created it, Mm -hmm. he spoke more to the shadow sides. And then as more women got their hands on it, we flipped it. Mm -hmm. That resonates with me because years ago when I was a stay at home mom and in the bubble that I was in, all I could focus on in myself, and this is the way I was brought up, Mm not necessarily by my parents, just in the culture I was brought up in, is there was so much focus on what was wrong and that we need to fix that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the wrong focus because I believe that what we focus on expands. It doesn't mean don't be aware. Like you said, we do need to be aware, but I prefer to focus on my strengths and what I do well, Mm -hmm. because when something just clicked, and this was years ago, when I made that click in my brain, It was one of the biggest shifts ever for me. Mm -hmm. I went from beating myself up to I'm no good to comparison to all these things like chronically Mm -hmm. I'm human. I'm a woman doesn't mean I don't have moments of it, but it's not an issue. It's not chronic to when I was like, forget this. I have value. There are good things about me. I'm going to start focusing on those things. Mm -hmm. It changed everything. And so I love that. That's what the more people, women have gotten their hands on this, Mm -hmm. it's been flipped because I can resonate with that so much. So with human design, what are the few things that really set it apart from the Enneagram, from all those personality tests and stuff, astrology? Yeah. So first of all, if you're going to look at just the astrology component. It is heavily influenced by astrology because it does take into account the planetary placements, like I said. And there is a layer of that when you get really deep into human design, you know, and how things are expressed, it affects it. However, human design is not predictive. Sometimes they use astrology to tell you what upcoming events are. Human design is really a snapshot. It literally is a moment in time that you were brought here into this earth realm. So it's different in that respect is that, yes, there are planetary still influences throughout your day or your year or your life. Those are still going to occur, but it is more of a snapshot. And then for the other things like the Enneagram or even Myers-Briggs or all this other stuff, because I was really into those things before, but I don't know about you, but for me, it never felt 
accurate because there's so much variability there and it's subjective. When you self-diagnose basically the Enneagram, you have to determine what your Enneagram number is. And there's some validity to that. Myers-Briggs, same thing. You have to take a test that then categorizes you in a certain way. However, those things are subjective. It's how we think, especially Myers-Briggs, it's how we want to be perceived almost. There's a flaw in that almost of trying to pinpoint that where this, this is not subjective. This is literally based on the very specific conditions of when and where you were born. So it's highly individual. It's very specific to the individual. And there is just so many layers to it. I mean, there's 8 billion people on the planet. So there's got to be <laughs> over billion combinations of what your human design can be because there's just so many layers to it. I agree with you because I'm into personal development like you mm -hmm. and I've done all the tests. And the thing about the Enneagram mm -hmm. is I've taken that test a couple of times. Mm -hmm. It leaves me confused. It's almost like it puts mm -hmm. me at a little bit of everything. I'm like, hey, well, that can't be. It was confusing. Mm -hmm. But then even taking the test, I think you nailed it on the head. When we take these personality tests, it is very subjective. And are we answering it honestly? honestly yeah. So it's based on what we're saying mm -hmm. from our perspective, but is it even accurate? Our own perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And until you said that, I don't think it ever really clicked. When I would answer the questions, I would be like, I don't know. It's like that and this, mm -hmm. but you have to choose one. I'm like, but it's not one. It depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. I would go this way. If the situation was this, I would choose this. Mm -hmm. I knew there was always room for error. And I always tried my best to answer them honestly. Mm -hmm. But I love that you described it like yeah. that, that this is not that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel, especially what I think myers they feel kind of put in a box because once they take, oh, I'm an INFJ, which I think is what it said I was. And you hear that introvert, extrovert and human design shows you that, well, there's lots of things in your design and the way your energy is meant to work and flow that at times, yeah, you are introverted. Sometimes you are extroverts. You know, it's not a label or a box you have to be in, which is a huge part of my design is like, don't put me in any boxes or any labels. And I can see now why that is in my own design. But another thing that sets human design apart is that it doesn't just say, hey, here you are. And then you're like, what do I do with all this stuff? It actually gives you things to experiment with in your design to see for yourself if this really works for you in the sense that what it can deliver to you, which I think we're going to talk about with your energy type is how you're meant to interact in the world. And like with you, when we looked at yours, we saw that you were already embodying this and you didn't even know about it. And we all are. <laughs> and so we're all doing it anyhow. Why not look at it and say, oh, OK, this resonates. I understand this. And you can really see that. Well, if that piece is true about me and that feels right in my body, then what else is true? And it's a, really an uncovering, a, a rediscovery of who you are. What I liked about when you did my reading, I go off my gut and my intuition, not meaning that if I'm sad or happy, like I don't go with the wind like that, but mm -hmm. it's just this internal feeling. I always knew that with the podcast and writing and the things that I'm doing and the way that I write, because there's so many styles, I always knew it felt right and true and authentic mm -hmm. and what I should be doing. But when you said, and I wrote it down, you said that I'm here to explore, learn, and teach the importance of stories and the stories we tell ourselves that really don't serve us. Yeah, it's pretty nail on the head there, isn't it? <laughs> 
I know. I was like, oh man, like I always knew it felt good to me and in, in, in alignment. Mm-hmm. But until you said like, no, like that is what your chart shows. I was like, mm-hmm. wow. And I love that something you said was this is based on ancient wisdom. Mm-hmm. I love ancient wisdom. (laughs) I know so much, right? Ancient wisdom for a reason. And I really feel like there are just some principles and laws and whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it that are never going to change. They never go out of style. Mm -hmm. Maybe the way we teach it, the way we talk about Mm -hmm. it, but there is always truth to it. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah. I want to know what is your own personal story though? Like what was your path to human design? Well, as long as I can remember, I've always been that kid who was always just kind of watching everybody else around them, observing them and trying to understand how people think and how they work. And myself in particular, like my mom had this Linda Goodman's Sun Signs book that I remember. It was probably written in the 60s or 70s. I was born in 1970. And she had this book and it was just dog ear. And it was literally just sun signs, you know, your horoscope, like what your strengths are and your challenges and how you interact in relationships. And I would just read it over and over again, trying to understand myself and other people. And that's always kind of been this internal drive for me is this understanding. And so very long story short, it was in my early (laughs) thirties. I was a mom of two young kids. And as you know, you have four, it's a very challenging time in a woman's life. You get like no sleep. There's so much stress. And I know your story, yours is even more compounded than that. And so we do get into this survival mode, you especially, but it's just trying to hold it all together. And I found myself like a lot of women at that stage in life, just burnt out and really just in that survival mode. Even though you love your life, you love your children, you love your family. It's just, you feel completely lost. And let's be honest, a lot of it's hormones, especially if your kids are little. In my case, it was lack of sleep, things like that. But anyways, I found myself in this very dark place where even though everything looked beautiful, I was just terrified all the time, scared. I ended up going on anti-anxiety medication because I literally was on the verge of a panic attack all the time. And so I did that for about a year or so. It made me feel better. I felt like I could function again. And I definitely think there's a place for that for people in their lives. But I just started to get the sense that this wasn't correct for me. I just couldn't see myself as somebody who was going to be reliant on medication because I felt deep down I could figure this out. Like this was definitely helping me, but I needed to figure this out. And so I literally had one of those like voice moments that said, you can do this. You're going to figure this out. And I went off medication, which is a long story in that sense that I had to anyhow, I just run out. I was like, "Ah, I'm just going to do it. Shortly after that, I discovered and was invited into the world of yoga (laughs) and meditation. I met a yoga teacher at the YMCA, started doing yoga and I'm the person, the first yoga class afterwards, I lay down, I'm crying because my soul is like, this is it finally. And so for years I went down that path of self-discovery and cultivating personal awareness through yoga and meditation. And 
this quest just got deeper and deeper of trying to figure myself out because as I did, and as I did the inner work, my outer world became better. It's like you work on yourself, you know, that you start to see that's where the change happens. People can tell you that until they're blue in the face, but until you experience it, you can know. Can we just talk about that for a minute? Because that just resonates with me because you know my chart and everything and I go off energy. It's like people can say one thing, they can behave another way, but I guess because of my human design, I can feel it. Yeah. I always know when someone's putting a mask online and I may not know what's going on. I just know something is off yeah. and even self-kindness. You can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. I believe that with every fiber of my being, mm-hmm. so much an inner world thing. And that was a problem that I had was I needed to stop and look at my inner self and focus on me in a different way mm-hmm. instead of beating myself up and all the bad. But it is so true. I guess the way we say it now, we project mm-hmm. our inner world. Mm-hmm. There's just no way around it. The universe and the world shows us how energy works. It's all these universal laws. It's the whole as above, so below. Everything at the micro to the macro, like everything is expanded as far out as you can go and as small as you can go into the human body. It all starts to look the same. Whatever we do internally, whatever stories we are telling ourselves, that creates what we see outside of ourselves. And so if we start telling new stories, which is what you do so beautifully and showing people how to reframe and how to work with that, it has no choice but to change your outer reality. It's just how energy works. When you see evidence of that in your life, when you actually see it happening, you become obsessed to know more. (laughs) Which was is my case. You're like, oh, what else can we do? And so I became really, really, really enthralled in really energetics in that sense. You know, yoga is what taught me about the chakra system and how we have these energy hubs in the subtle body, let's say, and it does correlate with things in the physical body because everything's energy. We're just a collection of, you know, photons, atoms, whatever they are, collapsed in a moment of time. So I became more and more interested in that. And that led me to learning about Reiki and training with Reiki and going through all the levels of that and becoming a master teacher. Cause I've always felt this quest like, well, okay, I need something else. I need something more. I need to go deeper. I need to know more. And that's a huge part of my design too. But I would get there and I'd be like, oh, what's the next thing? You know, it wasn't the thing. I wasn't really clear what it was. And then I did jewelry for 10 years. Went through just stringing beads to becoming a silversmith just from selling a couple things to friends to selling things around the world. And it was very exciting. But even that after a while just became, mm. but I saw it was, again, this connection with energy because my jewelry was about healing gemstones and correlating with the chakras and all this other stuff. So that energy thread was still there. And I would, gosh, I've trained in so many different things. And it always left me feeling, oh, why can't I figure it out? And then one day, this was several years ago, I came across this thing, human design on the internet search. I don't even know how, I don't know if I heard it somewhere or whatever. It was at least six or so years ago. And typed in my information, it popped up this body graph and like, (laughs) you look at it, you're like, what? 
in the world is this. It's so foreign yet familiar in certain ways because I did have that background in the chakra system, but it doesn't look exactly like that. In the chakra system, there's seven centers. In human design, there's nine centers. So I couldn't wrap my brain around that. But I paid for this report. I printed out and it was written more in that older language, which is just gobbledygook sometimes, honestly. And I think it was intended that way, but I just didn't know what to do with it. I mean, like you, I was reading something that part of me really resonated with. Like I felt seen in a way that I wasn't even ready to admit to myself. It's like how I wanted to be seen, but I was afraid there was something like, oh God, I can't be that awesome. (laughs) People be like, who does she think she is to say she could be this and she could be that. It would get so deep, the details in this report that I kept it on my computer and I just, you know, tuck it away. But every now and then something might show up and I'd be like, I wonder if I'll find an answer in that dang report again. And so I'd go back and look again and I'd find something new. So it just started happening. And then I did have somebody I was in contact with probably about a couple of years after that, who had some information about human design. She knew stuff about it. And I was like, oh my God, I have one of those things. Can you help me? <laughs> and she said, sure. And she said, you're a generator, which we'll talk about the types here in a minute. And she said, you're just meant to work and you have to wait to respond to things in life. And the way I heard it at the time was like, well, I don't want to have anything to do with this. That doesn't resonate with me at all. And so I would put it aside again. And then it was during the pandemic, honestly, really started to see more about human design, especially like I said, there was more women, a lot of younger women on Instagram posting it about it and talking about it. I was like, hey, I know what that is. And at this point in time, everything just, it all just started to make total sense to me. And it was like, Everything that I had trained in before, everything I had learned, everything had been setting me up for the right moment in time for this to come back and be like, okay, now you're ready. And ever since then, I've just been really obsessed with learning as much as I can, but also helping other people with it and really just trying to bring as much awareness to it as I can, because it's just so freaking helpful. Well, and I am so glad you are because honestly, as you speak, it just resonates with my soul because there are things that I've gone through in life that because you and I connected in a Facebook group, mm-hmm. then I was a guest on your podcast and you did mm-hmm. my, you, do you call it charting? A or, chart reading. Really sure yeah. It, a chart reading. Mm-hmm. It's like things that I knew in my soul and in my gut. Mm-hmm. That, and so I was doing these things, mm-hmm. but just having you do my chart reading, just like solidified and validated because I'm a generator like you Mm -hmm. and we are workers. Mm -hmm. And because of the culture I was brought up in, the women are highly recommended to stay home. Mm. That if you can stay home, you should stay home, let the men go out and work. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I were brought up in very traditional homes, him more so than me. Like my mom would do yard work. My dad would cook that very not traditional. So that's kind of our home now. But I always had this internal struggle because I was raised in this culture that if you can stay home, Mm -hmm. I always had a desire to work. Mm -hmm. And it felt like this constant battle Mm -hmm. that I had on the inside. Cause I'm like, I want to work. And finally I came to the conclusion that maybe financially we can afford this arrangement, but mentally and spiritually and emotionally, I cannot afford to stay home. Mm -hmm. I just, can't. And Mm -hmm. so that was an internal battle that I had for so many years. When you told me that we are workers, I'm like, 
It's because I was meant to. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love it. I love family life. I love my children. Mm -hmm. But it was so ingrained in me to want to work. I know. And that's an element of what human design shows us is that our bodies know. Our bodies are our ultimate source of truth for us. Our minds are not meant to make decisions for us. They are literally just processing hubs. They receive information. They help gather that information, make questions, have certain ways of conceptualizing and processing the information. But nowhere in human design, because human design does show you how you're best designed to make decisions. Nowhere in human design does it say, let your mind figure it out for you because you can't. (laughs) But I think that's so common. Is that fair to say in corporate world and all these things, it's like lead with the head. Mm -hmm. And I'm more like, I don't think I'm built for corporate because I'm all like Mm-mm. lead with my gut, lead with my heart. Even if it's like, what is she doing? It's like, it just tells me to do it. My mm-hmm. body just says, do- I just, I'm not built for corporate. No, I, I'm not either. I worked in the school system for two years and it was the worst two years of my life. It was like soul sucking. Like I couldn't handle all the rules and <laughs> bureaucracy. I just have to say that like, if anyone listening to this just feels stuck, because when we met, I was feeling stuck. They have to just go to your website and like mm-hmm. do a chart read, like schedule a chart reading mm-hmm. seriously, because it just is just amazing. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you want to talk about the types, the highest? Yes. I know I talked about there's no labels and there's no boxes, but in human design, what it'll show you at the highest level, if somebody wants to pause this right now and they can go get a copy of their own human design chart so they can kind of follow along so they know what type, because there's going to be five energy types we're going to talk about here. And that is the highest level classification, I guess you'll call it in human design is all of us fit into one of these five types. So if you go to my website, there's a humandesignhive.com. There's a tab up at the top that says free chart. Just enter your birth details and then you can have it. You can do that. So there's five basic energy types. And this is really in the original languaging, it was aura types. So it's really how your aura, your energy is interacting in the world. Okay, how it's expressing. And so we'll start with the largest part of the population, which is the generator and the manifesting generator type. So there's generator, manifesting generator, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. Okay. So as I said, the generator types, and this includes manifesting generators, are the workers, the builders. These are the people that really have built the world around us. And it's about 70% of the population. And it's 
pretty much split manifesting generators, generators, 35% in each group. Which thank goodness, yeah. right? We need jobs. <laughs> we need them. Thank goodness, well, 70%. We do. But also if you think about it, we're the ones that are really have literally helped build the physical world around us, all of our structures, our institutions, all this stuff. If 70% of the planet doesn't really know who they are and why they're doing what they're doing, is it any wonder <laughs> we're where we are right now of every, the planet feeling for a lot of people, very heavy. So best thing we can do is wake generators up to what really lights them up because that's what generator energy types are meant to do. We're meant to do what lights us up and do more of that and go to the next thing and the next thing. And so the pure generator part of that, which you and I are, like I said, these are the people who are like the master craftsmen. These are people that over time, almost a lifetime, help really master whatever it is that they're focused on. They build families, they build businesses, whatever it is, they build a life. And we have kind of a slow and steady wins the race. Like, And then the manifesting generators are more, they have that generator type energy to them, but they also have this faster energy. Okay. And they are more of the multitasker part of it. They are the ones that help us find faster, easier, different ways of doing things. So these overarching, knowing that these are the people, both types together that are building our world and have this immense amount of energy available to us every day. Each type has a way of interacting with the world and what they call a strategy. And strategy is really just how you are really interacting with the quantum reality around you, meaning just the energy around you and also people around you. And it's how opportunities come to you. It's how you create opportunities in life. And so generators are meant to interact by responding. And so in traditional language, you'll see It'll say generators, strategy, wait to respond. And if you get a report, that's what it'll say. First thing it'll say is your type and your strategy. Generators are responding to life no matter what. And what that means is you literally see what shows up in front of you and you will have a response in your body. Like you said, you've been doing this your whole life. I had to, I just didn't know it. You will have a physical feeling in your body or even a nonverbal in children, you'll hear it as a mm -mm or uh-huh. It's like, it's not the mind answering, it's the body, it's the gut that says yes or no. And that is letting you know, yes, this is a good use of your energy. No, mm -hmm. probably not. It's not for you. Don't worry about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you said you've <laughs> definitely experienced that. And so that's what most generators are taught to do really all of us are taught to do is to just go do it, to make things happen, to initiate, which is not a generator strategy. Because when we do try to initiate means we're not using that inborn response that we have that tells us what's correct for us. Because you are supported in the world. Nature wants us to expand and thrive and grow, not to just like, ugh, you know, kind of close off. So our nature is to expand. And that's what a generator's yes response feels like in their body. It's just this expansive like, yes. The best thing for the generator type is to respond, not try to force. <laughs> yes. yes. And we talked about that with me. And I told you it's like once or twice a year, I go through this phase of like, Feeling. Like, I don't know, but it's something that I know that I can't force my way out of. Mm -hmm. It's like, it just has to naturally pass. I don't know if I like, that's just how it feels. And it's so funny because my husband's, I'm like, I don't know. He's like, are we there again? 
Like, are we there where we don't know what we're doing with ourselves and our lives and our future? I'm like, yes, because I'm just, when I know, I know, mm-hmm. and I am going for it. But then I have these moments. And then you told me, I'm like, and it's so frustrating. And you're like, yes, that is a word that generators use a lot. It's frustrating. Yes, each type with that strategy also has these emotional themes, they call them. Sometimes you hear it referred to as the not self, but the emotional themes for a generator is frustration when you're not responding the way you're kind of inclined to or you're designed to. It can feel more frustrating. But then when you are aligned and when you are responding to opportunities and things that come your way and you are working and you're using your energy the way you want is satisfaction. And in any generator type, even if you don't know your type, if you hear those words, frustration and satisfaction right now, if you're a generator type, that is landing in your body. I guarantee yeah. it <laughs> on some yeah. level. And so the manifesting generator has the same weight to respond. They have to respond to life in the same way. They have to have things show up in their outer reality to respond to. So they know yes or no, if this is something they want to enter into or work towards, but then they have a different energy configuration that helps them kind of get into action fast, right? They can just start creating and doing generators. We're more of a respond to the next thing, respond to the next thing, respond to the next thing. And so, like I told you, it's kind of magical, you know, having this inborn hack of yes or no, but most of us aren't using it correctly. We don't know we're overriding it. So the next energy type are the projectors and the projectors make up about 20% of the population. And I know we haven't really even talked about this one much because we were so, you know, talking about you, but so projectors are the guides. They're really great at managing others, guide others, and they don't have the same consistent availability of energy like generators do and manifesting generators do. Their energy is more variable and consistent. And when I say inconsistent, that doesn't mean like flaky and consistent. It means sometimes they have it, sometimes they don't. They're the types that aren't meant to work in the typical nine to five grind or anything like that. Now, (laughs) projectors will, especially if they don't know they're projectors, like they can have a sense, a lot of energy and feel that they're have a lot of energy, but a lot of times it's not sustainable. And they're just borrowing it from more generator types because there's more generators out there than projectors. All these types work together. We're all meant to work together. And so projectors are very aware of the other. They can literally feel into the other in front of them and they know what people need. They know what would be the best use of the other's energy. They know all these things because like I said, they're managers, they're guides, they can see it. However, not everybody's ready for what they have to say or to show them. And so the projector strategy is to wait for the invitation or recognition. And I know projectors that, and a lot of projectors out there, I think were not served very well by the original language of human design, this waiting for an invitation. Because a lot of them feel they have to wait for everything and they feel unseen and unrecognized all the time. But all it means is that their energy is precious. Like they don't have the large amounts of it like generators do all the time. And so they have to be very careful about how they use their energy. And so 
they are designed to more focus on what it is that they are interested in, what they know they have to offer and stand true in that kind of like a lighthouse. That's a beacon of light that just stands there on the shoreline and says, I know what to do. I have the answers. I can help you, but you have to come to me. They have to be invited in because these are aura types we're talking about interaction. People are going to be able to hear what they have to say and take their advice. And so projectors, that emotional theme for them is on the not self side is bitterness. And they can feel this intense bitterness because they don't feel heard. They don't feel seen. They know what the answer is. And if people would just listen to them (laughs) and take their advice, everything would be fine, but they just won't listen. And it's just not fair. This is from what I understand. My daughter's a projector, really close friends of mine are projectors and generators and projectors are meant to work together. You know, it's like, they're here to help guide us with our energy and be like, Hey, can you see this? But it's a good collaboration between the two on teams, especially in work environments and everything. So they're here to help guide the generator types. And then their emotional theme when they're feeling aligned and everything's good is success. They feel successful. It's like, I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. So that's the projector. Love it. You'll start to look around. You might start to see, even if you don't know people's designs, you'll be like, I wonder. <laughs> I know as you're sitting here talking, I'm thinking of my kids and my mm-hmm. husband, like who, what, what, what one are, but I think I'm just how to run their charts. Yeah. Yeah. And you and can do that. You can do are. that on the website. You can because run as many charts as you want. Do you think that by us knowing this, surely it helps us interact better. Oh, so instead absolutely. of maybe being so judgy, we're like, they're a projector. So this is why they're behaving this way. Nothing personal. It's just who they are. That is the absolute truth. Because like my daughter, for example, she's my co-host on the podcast. She's now almost 26. And you know, that part I said about they don't have the sustainable resources of energy like generators type, although they may look like they do because the component of human design that shows us how we all interact together. There's places where we're going to have more consistent energy and places that we're not. It's in the centers. When you look at your chart, you'll see the nine centers. They'll either be colored in or they'll be white. White means undefined, more variable, inconsistent means where you're learning through others. The colored in part means these are the parts of you that are consistent. And so the generator types all have a defined sacral center, which is this primal motor in the energetic system. It's defined, meaning we always have access to it. Projectors, and also in a minute here, we'll talk about manifestors and reflectors, do not have that center defined. They do not have that consistent energy there. But what they do in our openness and in our undefined centers that you'll see on the chart are areas, like I said, we're learning from others. And so what we're actually doing there when we interact is we are taking in that person's energy amplifying it and reflecting it back to them. And so projectors with the whole world around them, manifestors too, and reflectors are tapping into that sacral energy that we have, and they are amplifying it and reflecting it back. And so they might appear to be these really like energetic workaholic people, but most of them, if they live their whole life like that, by the time they get in their thirties or forties are going to go completely burn out if they are not taking care of themselves and not taking time to rest. 
And so I saw it in my daughter once I was really surprised she was a projector. She was the one that's always like, let's do the project. Let's complete the project. The one that was always just seemed really focused and had the energy. But she was also... <laughs> I can see the bitterness part of it in her sometimes when she gets tired, when she gets like really just wore out or the friends in school, she could see where people were not being them best selves. And she hates drama and just like all that stuff. It's just so clear to her. And now when we interact in a family environment, I can look at her and I can just see where it flips and be like, you need some time alone, don't you? <laughs> you need to like kind of detach from all this energy because it's starting to like take its toll on you and you can see it. She gets kind of, she gets like, she probably hate for me, but she understands it. She knows it. <laughs> but yeah, so the projector types are the wise guys. Probably if you have a child who feels like that wise soul, they might be a projector. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. So Another tell there for those types is that response that we have, that body response to yes or no questions and opportunities, simple yes or no questions. And you may tend to ask people yes or no questions more often. You're expecting that response because that's how you best respond. The projector and the other types tend to do better with more open-ended questions, asking them if you find the ones that are asking you more like, how was your day? Or what do you think about? Or what are you thinking about this? Might be someone who's a different type. It's just one of those little things, but you can also experiment with <laughs> that. So the next type is the manifestor type. And a lot of times I talk about the manifestor type first because they kind of are the initiators and they help get the ball rolling. But also I kind of wanted to explain it in this format because they are a smaller part of the population. They're only 9% of the population. So they are the ones who their energy is meant to initiate others into responding or responding to invitations or whatever it is. So they help get things going. And the manifester is quite unique in that all the other types kind of rely on each other to make things happen in the world. But the manifester is really tapped into their own creative flow. Let's say they have this internal nonverbal creative flow and they don't always know exactly when they're going to get that pulse or that urge to like get into action or a type the way it interacts with others. It can be felt around each other, but they almost are self-contained in the sense that their energy when it's speaking to other can kind of give off this like, I don't really need the interaction with you. I can create on my own. And so it can kind of, you know, at times feel. They would call it in traditional human design, I hate the languaging of it. They'd call it they have a more repelling aura, but it just means it's not this like inviting life in and everybody around you to tell you what to do and how to do it and everything. It's more of like, I got this on my own. I'm tapped into divine inspiration here and just let me do what I want to do and get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> and these are usually very creative people. And as such, the way we just described that, the strategy for a manifester is to inform. And that's what you'll see. And what that means is because they are tapped into this inner flow that they don't even understand it, what it is a lot of times because it's nonverbal. It's just like nebulous, but they'll get that creative urge to do something, even as something as simple as like deciding that they want ice cream. There's no ice cream in the house. So they'll just get up and leave the house and go to the store. 
And then their husband or wife or whoever might walk in and be like, where the hell did they go? <laughs> like, where are they? And they're like, oh, they should have informed and been like, hey, I'm going to go get something. I'm going to go to the store. Would you say they're not strong communicators because they don't feel the need to tell people that type of thing? Which can cause problems in a marriage, <laughs> getting up and leaving. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not to say they're not strong communicators, but because they can be. But since they don't rely on others, they just kind of are in their own process a lot. A lot of times they were as children before they knew all these things that society and their family and everybody placed on them. Like you have to ask and you have to do this, especially if they're women. They may have internalized this thing like, oh, if I tell people what I'm going to do, they're going to tell me no. I don't want to have to ask because I just have this urge inside of me to do something. But informing is not asking permission. It is literally just kind of clearing the path for the manifestor's energy to flow freely so that they're not interrupted. Because a lot of times when this urge to create beyond going to the store, say that they have this sudden idea for a project they want to work on or anything, write something, whatever, the urge hits them to create something. Even if they just say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, then the people that could be impacted by their decisions, their family members, their team members, whatever it is, it will be like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks for letting me know. Because since this is a nonverbal creative flow that they don't really have words for, they can't really express to somebody what it is actually that they're doing. They just kind of need to let them know that even your best intentions of like trying to help me or ask me questions that just interrupts it. And so not self theme there for a manifester is anger. It's beyond anger is like, oh, I'm angry. It's more of this pent up energy that if you think about this creative energy, like from the muse, from the divine, whatever, it's like ready to express itself. It's like lightning, you know, it's like, bam. And if it gets interrupted, that energy, bam, has to go somewhere. And it might go out to the people that show up right in front of them <laughs> that interrupt them. So if they're feeling more angry, it means, oh, maybe I'm not taking the time, the half a beat, whatever it is to inform those around me that I need to go do my thing. And then when they are in their aligned selves and they're informing and they're following that, they have a sense of peace. They feel peaceful. And what's so interesting about all the types is that, yeah, you're like, okay, you know, that sounds good. but that frustration, satisfaction lands with us so totally. And then the other types, when I talk to them, those two words land so fully for them as well as this feeling of peace or anger or bitterness, successfulness, those things. So one thing I want to point out here, 9% of the population is meant to just do it, right? To initiate, to make it happen. And yet all of us, the whole other, what, 91% of the population have been taught to use our energy in that way. And it's not correct for us. It doesn't work for us. So that's important to know. <laughs> yes. Okay. So reflectors. Reflectors are the rarest of all. There's only 1% of the population. I only kind of know one. I just met her through some of my human design training, another human design specialist. But if you look at the human design chart, if you are a reflector, all of nine centers will be white and undefined. And so that means that they are really a mirror because in all of their centers, they are reflecting back to their environment, what is happening around them. And so 
the reflectors are really just meant in any environment to be the one that kind of shows the community, the family, whatever environment they are, where we are in particular. It's like the canary in the coal mine kind of thing. They show us like, are things going well? Are they not going well? (laughs) I think a lot of times when people hear, oh, I have no definition. Everything in my charts open that there are these airy floating around tetherless type of people, but they can be very intense people because they are reflecting their environments around them. And environment is incredibly important for reflectors. If they don't feel good where they are, it's generally probably not the right place for them or not the right people for them. As I said, they are very rare. Their emotional themes there are disappointment and surprise. Since they can feel so much into the people around them, they really can see the potential in everyone around them and they fall in love with the potential with people around them. And then if people don't see that in themselves, that's where this disappointment can come from. But they really are designed to take their time They're very tied to the cycles of the moon and they are designed when they're making decisions to really take time, almost a full lunar cycle to help themselves make decisions. But there you go. Those are the five main types. (laughs) Some of the stuff you're saying from every category or every design type, I resonated on some level. So Mm -hmm. do we tap in to some of these other things or? Well, like, do you have an example? Well, you... like seeing potential in others. I think yes. I actually am very good at seeing the potential others and manifestors being creative. I think I'm creative. Mm-hmm. That part that you're talking about seeing the potential and being creative. When I was talking about those nine energy centers, whether they're defined or open, you have a lot of openness in your chart, especially the area that really is about creativity and emotional awareness and how people feel that center, the solar plexus, you have that undefined. So that's why I can connect to a little bit of mm-hmm. the other ones yeah. because of the Because openness. you are okay. feeling them. Your energy is interacting on that subtle level. And so you are very tapped into that for sure. And the more the white open centers you see on your chart, that's more likely to occur. So beyond that, the most important things there is if you just start, if you know what your type is and think about whether you're trying to initiate or respond or, you know, how you're meant to interact, you can play around with that. The other thing it'll tell you is about your authority, which is your decision-making tool, which is really how in your body, how it kind of feels and how you're meant to do it. Some of us are meant to make decisions in the moment. Some of us are meant to take our time to make decisions. Some of us have to talk it out a little bit more with others. Some of us like the reflectors have to wait 28 days to really get a feel for something. And so it'll tell you on your chart what your authority is as well. And there's lots of other things. That's the high level of it, of where it gets specific to people is when you're looking at it, you'll see all these numbers on your chart. And that is the component of it. And it's like, all these different expressions of the human archetypes. There's 64 of them. And so those numbers and the channels and all the things you see just kind of show you what is really activated in your design, what you're expressing more often as far as these characteristics. So someone can do their chart, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, especially me coming from like no understanding of it, I think having someone like you or whoever almost give you the reading of your chart is probably really important because you're going to look at this chart and be like, I have no idea. What no, you means. have no idea. <laughs> when I was looking at the chart, when I was on your podcast, I'm like, she's getting all of what she's saying from that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's nice to have, but you'd have to do probably a buttload of research 
to understand it. There's another component to human design called your profile, which also is another part of your personality. It's probably most likened to personality. And it's a combination of six profile lines and your profile will be a combination of two of those. And part of mine is the line one, which is the researcher, which is somebody who will go down all the rabbit holes to find all the information that makes me feel safe and grounded and secure. Because everybody say, how do you get all this information? How do you know all this stuff? Like literally, it's just a drive within me that is just always been there. And now I can recognize that and be like, oh, this is what I have to offer to the world is my knowledge and the things that I learn. You have yeah. a line two in your profile. We talked about you're that natural learner, but you're also that hermiting type. You need to kind of go inside yourself and spend time alone to really kind of figure it out what it is that you're trying to understand or work on. There's so many things there. And at the highest level, understanding those main parts are important. So you can have all different kinds of readings. You can figure it all out yourself too. I mean, that's part of what my podcast is about is trying to break that down for people because it's how I learned a lot of things too, was listening to other people, reading different books. There's great books out there from other leading teachers that have different takes on it. And really you just, since we're all different... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I feel like something like this could be such a huge game changer in understanding yourself, but the way we interact with others. I could have this all wrong, but you said that reflectors are intense people. But I'm just thinking sometimes there's an intense people and we're like, whoa, slow your roll. Like what issues you have? Like I'm just being real though. But when we understand, oh, that's a part of their design and I can't change anything about it. Them going to therapy. Mm -hmm. So I think it just will shift our perspective to have understanding of self, but of others. And imagine a world of that, a little less judging, and more understanding because we understand it is in their design. It is. There's free will in all of this. You know, it shows you this is how you're designed. Literally the moment you're born as a baby. And this is what you came in to learn with, work with, whatever you want to call it. This is the gifts you have to give to the world. But all of that is open to life experience. All of that is like you talk about choice moments, every moment you take in life. And this can also show you this work, but also a component that's familiar to Gene Keys, which also so is another system that shows you the highest expression of some of these themes and the less high, the more shadow side of things. Where are you on that spectrum? Because everything's a spectrum. It's always moving and every lesson you master just takes you to another experience to see if you really know that lesson. You're always moving. Everything's always working in the spiral. When we were talking about the 
interactions with others. Yes. Especially around type, because I'm a generator. My husband's a manifesting generator and the way he moves through life sometimes used to just absolutely drive me crazy. We've been married for 29 years. We've been together over 30 years, but I'm like, why can't you ever finish anything? Why is there so many projects undone? Why do you just like get up and like go do something? You never tell me what you're doing. Like all these little things that used to be these points that now I'm like, Oh, well look at it. It's just a good use of his energy. He's just manifesting generators are meant to do lots of things at once. They're multitaskers. This could really like change relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Save marriages and stuff. It's that grace. We give each other that grace because once you understand, yeah, this feels true for me about my design. So it must be true about the other person and that person and that person and that person. And it just can show you that like, oh, well, we're just wired differently. I think something that you have to have is an open mind. I think this requires an open mind and stepping outside a box of what society says humans and our interactions and all the things are, because I just can't imagine somebody accepting and embracing this with a very closed mind. My thing would be is if what you're doing hasn't worked for you up until now, open your mind. And to that point, this system, this human design is really, it's a mechanics. It's not a dogma. It's not a religion. It's not a thought system. It is literally just like a mechanical tool almost that you can look at and be like, Hey, you know what? If that resonates with you, fine, take it. If it doesn't, sure. Be open-minded about it. And even skeptical minds, my son, he doesn't want to hear any of this, but every now and then I concede little things and be like, Oh yeah, I can see that. I know that about you. And he just gives me that look like, but he knows it's true. <laughs> well, and I think if something in your reading doesn't resonate with you, maybe it's just the season that you're in. Exactly. And go back to it in mm -hmm. five years. And in five years, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't see it then. Mm -hmm. But wow, well, totally resonates now. Well, yeah. Some people will say that. I think if they're being honest with themselves and they've done any inner work, you know, definitely they've already uncovered areas in their life and their belief systems, they realize they may have been holding on to beliefs that other people gave them, their caregivers, family members, interactions in life. Because it's interesting how we're as humans designed that we come into this world perfect, but helpless. Like we are designed to be reliant for our survival on those around us. We don't come out able to take care of ourselves. It's also interesting that in those first six, seven years of life, our brains are literally still forming and impressionable. And we don't have our own thoughts, our own beliefs. We take on that around us. And your whole personality is formed in those first six to seven years. It's like it's baked into the whole experience that we're designed to forget who we are. And life is about remembering who you are and challenging those beliefs that you've had. Like you said, you were raised to believe a woman's role in the family was one way. Challenging these roles. Is this true for me? Human design is almost like this really cool little hack that I think humanity is ready for now to be like, yeah, I know this isn't true about me. I need to figure this out now. I got shit to do in this world. Like, let's get to it. And when you see it and you hear it and you're like, I knew it. <laughs> yes. And if there's things that don't resonate, well... It can usually help you figure out why that is. And maybe you're just not ready to embrace that. Like you said, you haven't done the work. We all have 
what do you call it? Shadows or we all have blind spots. Of course, we're human. I just love this so much. When we were talking on your podcast, I was kind of explaining a little bit to you of where I was at in life. Just through our conversation, you recommended a book Mm. called A Return to Love. And I can't tell you how many other people that I have recommended it to. Mm -hmm. And I think you and the book just came into my life when I needed you guys the most. Mm-hmm. And I've got my love it so much. tabs. <laughs> so, this is by is Marianne, Marianne Williamson. Yeah, Marianne Williamson. Williamson mm-hmm. Which she is known for that popular quote of our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. And I think that is true for me and others. It's like the fear of success, mm-hmm. not the fear of failure. Oh, yeah. The fear of can I handle the success? Can I handle your own power? The responsibility that this is going to require. That's kind of where I am. My brain goes. I love learning and I'm all about looking like a fool or failing. I'm fine with that part. And so she is the one who is known for that. And what I love about this book is, well, it's all about love. And when people say your job and who you are or your job and what you believe in your religion should be separate. Like, I don't believe that. Yeah. You want me to stop being who I am to my core to get, just to show up at my job. It really is all one. And so what I love about her book is she talks about the power of love in all aspects, self, others. She talks about God and uses that word. But one thing that I love is because I believe this. And so I know a book is good or that I needed it is when there's so much highlighting. And I can't tell you how much highlighting (laughs) is in this book. But she says, I think it's in her introduction, universal spiritual themes, there is only one truth spoken different ways. And I believe that. You know, when we were talking about like, intuition or the spirit or energy or all these, we label it differently, I think, Mm -hmm. based on how we were raised, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I've always believed it's just one source. Oh, it is. It's universal truth and spoken in many different ways, like she said. And it's interesting because that book, like she'll call it, it's the Cliff Notes version of a text called A Course in Miracles, which she's a student of that. But what's interesting is A Course in Miracles is this psychological retraining of the mind in a way, but it's written in this languaging that is very much in this like Judeo-Christian languaging, speaking of God and Jesus and spirit and all this stuff. But what's interesting is she herself, she's Jewish. <laughs> and so it spoke to her. And she always tells a story of how her mother was like, what do you mean you're going to teach people about Jesus? <laughs> and she's just like, she's like, you're Jewish. She's like, mom, no, it's not like that. It's using that language in a way. And it's interesting in the world right now, they say that People want to point to this fact in America that more and more people are identifying not as religious, but as spiritual and no offense to anyone out there. I think whatever way you need to come to the truth is the way you need to come, whatever religion you're in. And some people need a more structured religion and some don't. And I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic schools my whole life. It was how I learned, but it was also deep within me that this was not correct for me. And my children were raised Presbyterian. When you can find that truth, which basically... Through Marianne's work and through Course Miracles is that God is love. Okay. God is love. She always says in a lot of her teachings, God is love and spirit is when you hear God's will be done. 
it's more of me. Love's will be done. That is mm-hmm. the truth is that we live in a universe that is either an expression of love or an absence of love. And that's yeah. it. And the absence of love is usually fear. It's not hatred. Every bad thing that causes people to act is out of fear, fear of the other, fear of this, fear of that, like you said so beautifully. Both that book and The Course of Miracles really informs most of what I do. And it was actually from when I first discovered human design to now, that's also when Course of Miracles and that teaching and all that came into my life at the same time to where I was ready to hear that part of it. Cause it's very much about power of forgiveness and love. Mm-hmm. And before that part in my life, I was like, people are weak if they're going around forgiving everybody for what they did to them and loving everybody. And that's just hippie bullshit. And I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> But then when you're ready for it, you're like, we're all just doing the best we can. I think we blame our parents for everything. But then if you grow up and you become a parent, you're like, oh, God, this is hard. We're all just doing the best we can with what we're given and what we've experienced in life. And that was something else I highlighted. Love is what we're born with. Fear is what we have learned. Because I, like you, believe the same thing. Everything either comes from love or fear. And I think... When we're doing something that doesn't feel in alignment, ask yourself, is it coming from love or is it coming? It's a simple question that we can ask. Mm -hmm. Where is this rooted from? Where is it coming from? And she also goes on to say, love is such a necessary element in the healing of the world. As cheesy and simple and cliche and all the things that sounds, Mm -hmm. that's truth. There's so much Mm -hmm. truth in there. And what I love about the Rock Your Kindness podcast Mm -hmm. is I believe kindness is rooted from love. Mm -hmm. If we just take it back a notch, I don't know if Rock Your Love would have been cute, but like I just, I went with Rock Your Kindness. I just, you know what I mean? They could have taken that as something else. (laughs) Whatever. But like kindness is rooted in love. It's not rooted in fear when we just go back a notch. And so there is just so many dang good things in this book. It's highly recommended. It really can just rock your world. Like you said, you'll be like, oh my gosh, look at that. That's true. As you said, if you're anywhere on this path of trying to like figure it out and understand Mm -hmm. how to heal and interact because it's where that teaching and human design, the intersection there for me is all about relationships because what she's teaching about and what the Course of Miracles teaches about is relationship that the miracle in the sense, we talked about this on our podcast, is these interactions between us on every level. It's all relationships are assignments in life. Some are lifelong assignments. Some are just a fraction of a moment, like on your podcast, when strangers meet. Every interaction you have in this world has an impact and has almost a, I want to say, predestined way of occurring, not in the sense that you have no choice in it, but just because the way the universe works and the energy works in the world, like it's people that come into your life, come into it for a reason. And it may be for well, one I moment or say, another. I feel like you came into my life, like right on it. I'm going to get emotional. No, but like <sighs> I told you, yeah, like I was struggling. I was in a hard mm spot. Yeah. And I'm honest, but Mm -hmm. it's no secret that 2022 for me, health, mental, all the things, it was a struggle. Yeah. And when I met you and you told me the work, I was like, oh my gosh, right when we met, I was really starting to come out of it, but I was looking so forward to 
you doing that reading because mm. I needed something. <laughs> and then when you recommended this book, I'm like, this was exactly what my soul needed. So when you say that it's these interactions that are the miracles, it's so true. I'm just like you and the book. I'm just like, that was needed when I needed it. Had you come six months down the road, because I'm already kind of like getting back to who Tracy is. I don't know that it would have been as impactful had I met you in a place in life where I was doing really well and really good. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Just love this. And something else she says in the book is focus on the light brings us into the light. I don't know if that's supposed to be focusing on the light. Yeah. Focus on the light brings us into the light. And it's so true. Again, like I said, what we focus on expands. And so I, what I love about human design is we shifted it to more of the light. It was shifted so that can expand. And something I love too is she has said is there's a myth that some people are more faithful than others. <laughs> a truer statement is that in some areas, some of us are more surrendered than others. That hit home with me. But what I love so much about this is she talks about love and even God and all these things in a way that I just don't think traditional that I am aware of religion does. Yeah. I think I'm right there. I was very religious. I would say I have moved a little bit more just spiritually, less religion and a little bit more spiritual. I'm only like about halfway through it. I still have half. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. What else is this woman going to say? I mean, it's already so dang good. That's just the first but book she wrote. Looking, <laughs> well, and it's just half the book. So it's like if you consider yourself more spiritual and you're tired of hearing things in the same old way, get this book. True, because like I said, I grew up Catholic and no shame to Catholics or to any religious group out there, but it is more focused on what's wrong with us. Like you said, especially Catholics is the whole like you're born a sinner and you're a sinner and you can just only hope that one day God will see it within himself to take you back in. (laughs) That does not feel good. No, it's like the negative reinforcement. Like my my niece who's in psychology classes in high school, she's like, there's positive and then there's negative reinforcement and blah, blah, blah. But the languaging that Marianne uses is from A Course in Miracles that says that think of Jesus as an elder brother. Someone who has walked before you understands you. He says, I am everything that you are. It's just that I just choose not to see anything that is other than love. Right. And that's what makes him stand apart from us is we're so focused on what's wrong with us and how we have to protect ourselves from the other and how we're separate and all this other stuff. And the beauty here in the interactions between us and the miracles that can occur because, and like I said, your podcast is just so full of all these moments where people were available to love, available to the miracle, right? Meaning they opened themselves up and I don't know about you, but I had so many walls built up around me growing up and it took a lot to break that down and realize, cause it says in the course that in my defenselessness, my safety lies, meaning where I, you know, I'm not holding up this fortress where I'm not judging others in order to protect myself is where I'm the safest. And that's the place where we can then interact with each other and be available to each other. Like simple as getting in your Uber and being like, how are you doing today? Or I was reading a thing about marriages, how more successful marriages comes from partners actually turning toward each other, like physically just acknowledging the person in front of you as 
same as you. Like, yes, you have something to tell me. Like, let's not be so separate all the time. And if you know your design and you can see where all these barriers to the other might have been your whole life, it just makes it that more available to you. And I love that intersection between two. So I'm really glad it resonated with you as well. So exciting. Yes. No, so good. So it's like, I don't only recommend human design and doing a reading through you, but also this book. And you would agree because you're the one who recommended it to me. Mm -hmm. Such a good... Everything. Everything she says. (laughs) So, so dang good. Okay. I want to know what kindness means to you. When you pose this question, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. And it's also something that is referred to in yoga and all this stuff as namaste consciousness, which is literally the light in me sees and honors the light in you, right? It's just exactly what we were just talking about is seeing that the person in front of you, that you're connected, we're all connected. We all come from the same source and it may be a personality that we disagree with, but at the core is someone who is also a piece of pure love and God in front of you. And kindness is being available to seeing that and being witness to it and not automatically putting those walls up and thinking what's supposed to happen or what this person's going to do. Because like I said, we're all doing the best we can. And it also says in the course, and this is something I always come back to is it says all of us are special and none of us are special. And the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, what's that mean? But it means that we all have something so special and beautiful about us, but it's not that special because we all have it. (laughs) And kindness is being able to stand in front of others and witness that and see that and being available to the love that wants to move through you and maybe create a miracle in someone else's life. So that's what kindness is to me. (laughs) I love it. Are there any last minute thoughts or anything you want to share before we go? Gosh, I feel like we covered so much. I hope everybody's (laughs) like able to put their brains back together and go (laughs) throughout their day. But I just hope that through this work, even this conversation, if it can either help reinforce something that somebody was already looking for, or maybe being this catalyst to help them move into something else is to really just, I feel what I'm now here to do, you work to people with stories and changing their stories. I feel aligned to that in a way too, of showing people that you are perfectly made. You have a unique purpose. And the more you can accept that, love yourself, dig into that. Since 70% of us are generators, if you want to make the world a better place, you've just got to really start with yourself and expand that outwards. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you tapped on purpose because that is something that I've struggled with on and off. Not so much over the last couple of years, but f- before that, for sure. Because then I read a book, I was like, mm, love it. But I think so many people, that is a, probably a huge struggle is knowing your purpose. And so getting your human design can help bring clarity to that as well. When we all have the same purpose, you know, your purpose here on earth is to be an expression of love. Love. What is your individual expression of that? Exactly. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? What is the best way that people can connect with you? 
who want to learn more. And always email me, Dana at humandesignhive.com if you have something personal or Instagram. I'm probably over there every day. I am getting better at putting more content out. I do just tend to like observe and look a lot, but I'm trying to get more content out there about human design. But if you want to shoot me a DM there, you certainly can. You can contact me through my website. If you want to book a reading, there's different types and availability there. And then the podcast, Human Design High podcast. Sometimes you might be a lurker, someone that just wants to hear the information. It is done in a kind of teaching style, because as I said, my daughter is my co-host who, as we started this last April, she just always had questions for me about it. And that's how I best get information out too, is if somebody asks me a question, it's just how I function better. And so we said, oh, we should do this in a podcast format. And so she is asking me questions, you know, want to learn more, you can always go there too. And something that you're doing too, is you're now bringing guests on. Yeah, like that's what you I You were my first. So <laughs> yes. And I actually love your content because I was looking at your Instagram yesterday and I shared one of the videos, which I loved. I thought it was like, she's doing a great job. Thank you. One of the videos that you shared about generators, because I shared the audiogram that you shared of our conversation, and then I shared the generator video. So you've got really good content. Thank you. Yes. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Kindness comes in all forms. And one thing I am certain of is it is rooted in love. We have all been given unique traits and strengths. We all have areas that can use personal growth. I think it is safe to say we all have room for improvement in our relationships and could use a little more confidence in our lives. And that's what knowing your design can help with. Human design does not ask you to change who you are. It invites you to embrace who you are and what you came here to do. If you know someone this story might resonate with, send them a link to this episode. Also, tag me on Instagram at Tracy Farron and let me know what part of this story resonated with you the most. The best way to help support this show is to rate, review, and subscribe. Your support means everything. Until next time, rock your kindness. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.